There you have it. There is a big, big sound. It's in the west of the town. And the Giants are marching on. What a semi-final week, uh, weekend that was, Tom. Yeah. There were some headlines that uh, came up over the weekend, and I think 96,000 of them on a Friday night might have grabbed a few, but I don't mind seeing the Giants get some airtime because they were huge and bring on that prelim this week against the Pies. Uh, but oh, what a weekend. What a couple of great games. They were. We had the old the double straight sets. I feel like straight sets is starting to become one of the more overused terms uh, in AFL, AFL vernacular that doesn't sort of make a whole lot of sense. Um, I have found like trying to explain it to explain that term difficult. Like it makes sense on paper, but it's just, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite translate perfectly. Yeah, well, because whoever wins is going to win it in straight sets technically. Because they're going to have not lost a game. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, work work that one out. That's uh, but look, I think uh, easy segue for you here. I didn't know if you were going to go here. Said the last time it happened was 2014, and uh, your ruse beat the Cats on a Friday night, uh, and then the following night, the Power beat Frio, and it was uh, what nine years back there. But better times for your ruse at that point, uh, heading into a prelim. But we haven't seen it for a while. The double straight sets. No, we haven't. Um, it's yeah. Look, the whole the whole fixturing and scheduling and timing of it brings a lot of questions as to the advantages of top four. But I mean, we're going to get into it. Melbourne, they you look at this weekend and they kick straight. They probably win. But go back a week if they could just kick straight and work things out, they win. And then we had a Carlton Collingwood semi final, and Melbourne are sitting there waiting for the Giants this weekend. Like, it's a real sliding doors moment the way Melbourne finished that game because it's funny. I've been potting Brisbane for a while and they look, they're in the box seat to to go through the grand final, I might add. But I'm saying I don't trust their forwards. Well, I don't know why I kept saying Melbourne were going to do it because you cannot trust Melbourne to find the big sticks. Uh, and it's been that way all year, and and yep. here we are sliding doors. If they could have just found it last week, they wouldn't have even had to find it this week. They would have been having a nice little holiday. Exactly, like it was on. Like we, you know, we've sort of grown to expect it from them, but it was just on another level on on Friday. Like nine goals, seventeen is easy to point at, but I think it was they. It was about a nine point lead, and they just had numerous shots, or it might have been. Um, might have been seven, and they they just kicked a couple that got it to nine, and then they, you know, Clayton Oliver had that shot. Maxi Gorn's tapped it. I don't feel he's copying it, but I don't feel too bad for what he did. I think he was trying to maybe tap it into play. Maybe I'm being too nice, but you know, Fritch on the snap missed it. Cosy, you know, didn't center it. Had a ping from the Eddie Betts pocket. Uh, didn't score. Um, who else was in the gun there? Well, Gorney, he missed a couple of sitters throughout the game. It was, I mean, yeah, Fritch and Pickett, they're the X factor that got them into the game, but they kick four, six between them. That doesn't help. And yeah, they just can't buy, uh, they couldn't buy a key forward on the night that could kick a score. They couldn't buy a forward, sorry, not just a key forward, a forward just to get the job done. No, yeah, they they really couldn't. And it, it's funny because you had a former number two draft pick as the... Uh, who's drafted as a forward, a key forward, as a sub, who never got injected into the game. 
you have a, I think he's a two or three time runner up Coleman medalist who couldn't get a game. You have your prize off season recruit as a ruckman, couldn't get a game. And Goody was probably right in saying that we did well enough. We had the shots, we just didn't convert. Except it's not a case of every week they've been kicking 15 8. And this week they suddenly kicked 8 15. Like they've been doing it on a real, real, real consistent basis, Tom, against the better sides. So if you look at their average across the year, like, yeah, yeah they've what have got, you got for me. They've got 21 8 against Sydney early in the year when they were terrible, 17 13 against the Dogs, uh, 19 12 against the Eagles, 15 6 against the Tigers, 22 7 against North. Like, yep, you've got the 15 13 against Hawthorne, right? You've got those. Lost to Port Adelaide 11 10. Lost to Freo at the G, not when Freo didn't travel that well 10 12. Eight goals 13 to Carlton, eight goals 18 to Collingwood, eight goals 15 to Geelong, five goals 15 to the Giants. That's four consecutive games. Yeah, we, we yeah we noticed it at that point too. Like at the time, we're like this is something they've got to turn around. So you could sort of see it coming, but they had the time at that point. Yeah, to straighten and then, it up. You've got another run. These are against the defensive powerhouses. 16-19 against Brisbane. I'll give them at Brisbane a good side, but they're not a defensive side. 14-13 against Adelaide. 20-10 against Richmond. 15-13 against North. And then you play Carlton back to eight goals, eight. Collingwood in the final, 7-11. Carlton, 9-17. Like, I absolutely feel for them and their supporters, and they do 66% of the game really well in the middle and in defence. But you win the games by kicking more than your opponent. And they kept Carlton to a gettable score of 73. They just couldn't get more than 71. So they've they've really got to do something in the offseason. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a recruit. Like you can say Petty went down and 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 he he was finding some form when they started hitting it. And Melksham obviously did his ACL just before the first final. But they they're not like to say they're the reason you suddenly can't kick goals, but you're getting shots on goal is just it's just beyond me. Like I just I I don't buy that as a reason because you do get injuries and you have to work through them and work around them. And like we're not talking like <laughs> we're not talking Wayne Carey and Tony Locker out injured. Like we're talking Petty and Melksham. Melksham couldn't get in the side half the year and and well. I've, what I say, we Petty. wouldn't have said Pet- either of those. Petty has yeah. a sook when someone talks to him, like, <laughs> well, yeah, we wouldn't have said either of those two are in Melbourne's forward line at the start of the year, so yeah, you, I mean, you can't sort of argue there, but yeah, it, it it's a tricky one. I like it, seems the pieces they've got down there, they've got a lot of average pieces, so yeah, you know, they can go out and get a star, but. You know, they obviously, for key forwards in particular, don't grow on trees, but real good small and medium-sized forwards, they, they can be tricky as well. Need a few seasons, perhaps, to get into the swing of things. Could they just, is it a coaching thing, Seb? I mean, is it, I thought, I actually, I was thinking, you know, oh, are they just having shots from bad places? But I, I don't think that's the case. So I, I feel like, they, they're still getting shots in front or shots 45 out. Like, they're not up on the boundary. It didn't feel like they were just sort of eking out quick rush shots. They had legit looks and just fluffed it. So, 
Yeah, it's a tricky one because, yeah, you look at some of the bigger names, the taller names, I guess, you know, I'll give you the three tools they've got that you can't work out. McDonald, Brown, Shacky. I mean, are all three going to stay on the list? Well, I, I, so that's, that's depth if you're looking at sort of, you know, your key position. But I mean, who's kicking? Who's kicking the goals? Or who? All three of them lack continuity. I'll give them that. But you know, they let the weed walk as well. I mean, that Hogan on the weekend. I know, obviously, he was involved in a deal that got May and and the rest. But you know, they they would have loved his services. I'm sure. Um, they they would have. But it's a bit simplistic to declare Hogan would be the answer. No, because true, they but... were never going to get that the footy he's playing this week out of him while he was at Melbourne, and that was pretty clear. I mean, he's gone on. He, he... Had a was, was illicit drugs and, and testicular cancer between when he was playing at Melbourne and now at the Giants. So, um, well, no look, doubt he, he would make it four as well. So he, he was having shots and not exactly like I mean he could have kicked eight on the weekend and probably should have. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it does go back. I reckon they've just got a lot of good average players there. So, you know, it, it's just making that 2021 season where they just got it. They got they just got career months out of McDonald and Brown. There's two as an example, and it got the job done. That that could be the fine line between being an also-round and being a premier. Is, it, is luck too simplistic, Seb? Well, there's an element Confidence. of luck, except they've been pretty consistent at not kicking goals and kicking points. So I sort of couldn't buy that, but I I think they this is what I would do if I was Melbourne. I'd take that pick five that they've got in this um, Luke Jackson trade, and I'd just go knocking on every key forward's door, like everyone from Ben King. Um, like I'd knock on every single door. Don't care how old they are, how young they are, who they are. Like you just, you just need another forward up there who can take marks and kick goals. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of options myself. The only one I feel right now that is a well, he'd be easier to get would be uh, maybe O Chol from the Suns, given that. He's really slipped in the pecking order there, but, you know, in good touch in the VFL. I'm not saying he's the answer, but, I mean, he'd be a low-cost well, acquisition. I don't know if you'd do pick five, but a super aggressive no, no, one. No, no, well, not, <laughs> no, 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 not for Chol. Not for oh, Chol. Yeah. Uh, a super aggressive one would be getting Jack Darling out of West Coast. They want yeah, picks that's... to rebuild. He's still got a couple of years left. He could be the difference. Like he's a, he does a lot of things well. He gets criticised for a lot of other things, but the things he does well would really benefit the demons. Um, I mean, do they go knocking with pick five to the dogs? Can they get something going there? They've got a, they always have a smattering of tools. Uh, don't think they'll I, get Darcy. And don't. I heard a rumor about Aaron Norton today. Oh yeah, is there any Jeez. truth to this? I can't what? say I saw it myself. What? What did you? What did you? We've gone into the trade talk early. I don't mind it. I've heard a rumor, but I haven't heard it from a great source, so I'm not going to run with it. But it was as dogs key forward was apparently pretty gettable and and was looking to move. Um, 
Well, I'll tell you what. It was Aaron Norton to Collingwood, and I just, <laughs> I don't think I believe it. Just but... pre prelim week that that they're dreaming. Although you know, you would have said, oh, you throw in Tom Lynch to Richmond uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, that's all they need. That'll get them over the line. Look, and it worked for them. So, uh, that, oh, geez, that'd be massive. But I mean, it's hard to see any of them leaving the dogs, but they just have so many of them. You know, yeah. Jamara and Darcy and Norton and I guess Lob at the moment. They still have Buku Kamas on the list who, who can play up forward. You know, that it's just an overabundance. That's, a, you know, I mean, we could sink the boots in the dogs again. But, but look, they're going to have to get creative is what they're going to have to do the Ds. And it, I mean, we're focusing on the key position because that's where it's at. I mean, I, I did pot Fritchie and, and Pickett. I mean, they were lively. They were what was keeping Melbourne ticking and... I mean, yeah, we speak about the inaccuracy over the whole game, but even, you know, they, they could have had this game done and dusted in the first quarter. You know, they jumped out of the blocks. What were they? 3-3 three, three, real early. They, that could have been 5-1 and, and game set and match, to use tennis terms correctly. Yeah, they, they could have. Um, but it's a big final, and and it's really only the grand final where you see a team just lay down and let it go in the last second half if they're down big. Um, you always knew Carlton had some sort of run in, but I think, I think what probably gets me is Carlton. I, I actually had to look this up. I didn't think Charlie Kernow was playing, but he was. He from <laughs> Kernow and Harry Mackay, they're two common medalists. Obviously, Harry didn't play. They got one goal, and so far they've had, I think it's two goals for the whole final series, and they've won both games. And that's not what that's not the recipe you would have said for Carlton. You would have said. Yeah, if Kernow kicks four or five, they're a fair chance. But not if he kicks one and is basically invisible. Um, well, so- yeah, I mean, I didn't really see – like, I look, I saw him, um, but not not a whole lot inside 50. It did seem, at, you know, drifting up onto a wing and maybe crashing a pack. If anything, it was big Tom DeConing that was the big man that stood out on the night. He clunked everything, kicked a couple of steadiers for them early and, you know – made Max accountable and really took some good marks in that down the lines sort of space. So, yeah, I mean, they, this is what they've been crying out for Carlton. Like they've had the superstars and the good top end, but they've really needed that, you know, that whole team aspect to come together and they've got it in this, well, I was going to say this final series, but just this back half of the season patch, you know, yeah. we, we were talking Vossi out. As a legit option, because that's where it's it's sat after they lost that Dons game, and well, to be in this position is nuts. Yeah, we wondered if Carlton being trigger happy might look at pulling the trigger, but um, credit yeah, they no, yeah. didn't. Um, but it, it's nuts. It was round. Where's my ladder? It was round thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. I reckon the Giants four, were five and, and eight. eight. The yeah, Blues were four, eight, and one. Fourteenth um, and fifteenth. And you said there weren't going to be many changes from then on, Tom. And there were three. Thirteenth, <laughs> fourteenth, and fifteenth all made the finals. Sydney, the yeah. Giants, and Carlton. Um there you and go. That's about six, on seventh, average. and eighth all came out. So the top five stayed, six, seven, and eight dropped for thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, which is quite remarkable in a lot of ways. Um Yeah, it's it's just yeah, you 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 couldn't have written that script, but Jumping back into um, Friday night, I, I don't know if it was just me. I felt like you, you mentioned the Blues were always going to come. I actually felt like they they felt like they were on top most of the game, and there were patches where I was like, 
how are they only a goal in front or, you know, how, how are the D's this close? Like they just look like they had all the running, but I think it was just, you know, maybe their forward line wasn't quite clicking, but they always looked dangerous. And then obviously Melbourne made a little run and probably could have iced it and taken the game and they left that door ajar and, we haven't seen like we've talked about Carlton's maturity all year. Like this was that, well, I guess it's not maturity, but it, they took the game on and, and it worked for them, which you haven't been able to say about them either. Yeah, they they really did. It. I, I thought Melbourne once they they kicked a couple of goals in that last quarter, and I just had that feeling of yep, not there. They're going to do it. They get they're going to get them. It's not pretty. Everyone's going to talk about how many chances they left out on the table. Um, but Carlton just kept coming and coming and coming. And it was, yeah, it was ironically a real defensive breakdown that let them down the D's right at the end. Um, yeah, what was his name out on the wing, Tom? He had the chance to take the body for Doherty. Yeah, I uh, gave him a pump up last week. Judd McVee. McVee. So I talked him up as the lesser light that had a good game. And he had a good game on the night too. He didn't lose too many one-on-ones. But, uh, you know, in that that contest, he fully went out. Well, fully went at it, but took himself out of the contest. So he wasn't able to hold Doherty up and basically fresh-aired it and and the docks run on. And he is a thumping kick. So you just gave him that look. I mean, if he, yeah, took the body or at least got a hand on him and made him stand over the mark or run back off the mark. It could have changed how that last play looked, but I mean, yeah, we, it's probably been done to death, but I'm happy to go there. Seb, when you're talking the sub, because Holland's who I thought was actually pretty stiff to not play in that first final. He's had a good year. They've, they found a bit of a runner there in a high draft pick and he had a couple of good moments in, in that last quarter and was part of that play. And he just, you know, there were a couple where he, I think he did kick it in the man on the mark, but otherwise, you know, that's, that's the big stage, but he just did those little things. And it was just, you know, it's those what ifs for Melbourne. Like I've just never seen, I mean, I should say never seen because yeah, Shaki the sub was bizarre, but I guess you look at the following night and, you know, Finn Layson was the sub for Port. So, you know, it's not like, um, you know, the tools can't be the sub. It was just that, you know, it just felt out of sync with what the D's have been doing for the last two months. They haven't had Shaqy as a sub. He hasn't played. They've been rocking Wo Woden and, you know, James Jordan and, and more smaller runners. So it just was a, it was an odd one. But it, it was. I, I don't know why you would do it in a big final. Because the one thing that the sub can do, right? So <clears throat> I, I I think it was if, if Max goes down, we're in we're in trouble here. We need someone who can come in and move around the ground and, and play in the ruck or something like that. But if Max yeah, goes no, down, you're done. Like there's no plan B. Like there's only plan A and that's win and win with Max. And if Max goes out, well, you you like you're probably done anyway. Have a runner. Have yeah, exactly. a runner there like- with, with some fresh legs. Like that you can inject them into the game at any point through the third or fourth quarter. If you get an injury, you get an injury. So what? But the odds of it being Max versus one of the other 20-odd players who are not big, tall Ruckman, it's more likely someone else. And then Shaki's coming on for a runner. So you're down a runner. Like It it, it beggars yeah, belief. That- and I don't know what they were thinking in match committee selection. Exactly. Like uh, I know, obviously, you wanted the Max cover, but surely you try the big fella out. And if he's not 
giving you anything, then you bring on a runner. Like that's sort of the way it goes with with tools. I, I think I think the Lions might have had Darcy Fort as a as a sub, and it's backfired on them. Obviously, not in as dramatic a style as this, but yeah, it's just. It's just puzzling. I, you know, if it works, you look like a genius, but it hasn't worked and just doesn't, it doesn't look good for Goody. No, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, they've got some soul searching to do the demons. Yeah. Um, well, that was what I was thinking, Seb. So are they, I guess the, the biggest, well, one of the biggest squandering eras I've seen involving a flag was the the dons of the 99 2000 2001 arguably that side should have won more than one flag so they've wasted that era i know they got the flag so good on them and we'll uh we'll look at their finals record since but you know are they heading into that turf the d's like th- this list that tw- end of 2021 we thought could win a couple more is you know in danger at the moment of of just getting a little bit out of uh, control. Are they? Uh, I mean, they'll, do you think they'll be up there next year? And yes, are they wasting this era? Yeah, well, they're, I mean, they're easy to win, Tom. Once you're in a grand final, you just win like a couple, don't you? Like it's 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 easy, isn't it? Is that is that what you're telling me? I'm saying the list is good enough that they should be. They should. They, they've got a good enough list to have had multiple flags with this group. You're talking to a Saints fan, so don't worry. I know how tough they are to win more than most. Uh, but, you know, strike while the iron's hot. I'm sitting here thinking of 09 and 10. Why don't we just pinch one there? You know, you got to take it, the opportunities when your list is good enough to to grab one, two or more. You know, you could argue the Tigers, they're the best example. Don't think they had the best team in a few of those years from 2017 through to 2020 or 2020, I guess. But they've got the job done. Strike while the iron's hot. So, you know, I'm just these fans will go back and watch their replay of the granny. They'll be fine. But you know, there is, you know, some quality on that list. So you know, they're in they're in danger of squandering it. Squandering it. Yeah, there's also luck. No matter who's winning the grand final, there's a big element of luck. They had a lot of health in 2021 over there in Perth. Other clubs didn't and they took advantage and and this year but they're probably pointing at health and saying that's why we didn't win with some of these you know petty and milk them out um the talk of whether they are or aren't squandering it is just like i just don't understand it so geelong won three flags in five years then they didn't win a flag for 11 years did they squander the 10 years in between those flags should they have got more? Yeah, I think they should have. Yeah, 2016 was theirs for the taking, just as an example off the top of my head. So 2019, I think they finished top of the ladder. They're, they're hard to win, Tom. And the Demons have given themselves two good shots and they come up short. But do you th- like, would you be, are you going to, we'll fast forward a bit. It's March 24. You're doing your preseason ladder. Are you thinking Demons? They're dropping off, bottom bottom half of the eight. Are you going to call them too old early and, and drop them out? Like, but yeah, well, I'm looking for you actually to step in and say you'll be looking at the coach here. But uh, look, you'd think on paper they they'd be top four chance again. Um, but I mean, 
yeah, you've opened my eyes, Seb, to the fact that, you know, there's no guarantees in, in the modern game. So they're not guaranteed to come top four. They'll have to, you know, be clever in the the off season and, and get there. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Geelong's ruined the argument because they won it as the oldest team in history. But, you know, it's a, it's another year in... Well, look, it's another year. You could look at a glass full, glass empty, you know. It's another year into Petraka, Oliver. You, you know, they're, they're just getting to their primes. But then, you know, another year for Max, Stevie May. Uh, you know, it, you could look at it multiple ways. But I just think with the amount of all... The, I, I've looked at the D's list for the last three years and been jealous of the quality on there. I'd love to have their list. You know, it's top four ready and it, it should be striking and... You know, last year, this year, they're, they're just years that got away. You know, they they could have claimed either of those flags. They had enough quality. They and are were well coached enough. It's, it's. I think. I think where we've got to get away from is this. Oh, you got a list that's good enough to win it. You should win multiples. Like it's, you know, nineteen. 1944, and there's there's eight teams in it. There's eighteen teams. All right. There's look look at the teams that have gone back to back, or even look. I'll, I'll go a step further. Look at the teams that have won two in three years in the AFL era. So we're talking AFL, not VFL. So sorry, Essendon, Carlton, and Collingwood fans. We're not counting 28,000 premierships. We're counting about two, four, four. Sorry, Essendon have two, Collingwood have two, Carlton have well, five. Sorry, Carlton did get one. 95, going a while back. You've got West Coast, 92, 94. You've got well, North Melbourne didn't do it, but they played. They got close. You got Brisbane three-peated, obviously. Geelong, three in five years. Hawthorne, three in a row. Richmond, and that's it. That's a, that's a lot of teams, though, in 30 years. Four. West Four. Coast, Brisbane, Geelong, Hawthorne. Oh, I thought you'd throw five. North in there. Sorry, I thought you'd try and stay no, North. No, 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 not my... People say North left one on the table, but I sit here and just remember that era as just every week from when I was five years old to when I was 13, we went to the footy and expected to win. Just thought we were going to win. We beat everyone and we were beating everyone. And we got two premierships and seven straight prelims. And you can say we left one out on the table, but they're just that damn hard to win that you've got to enjoy what you've got. And people want to sit here and judge Melbourne, and and the reality is, they can be playing in prelims for the next two, three, four years if they get their list and, and body right, and they start sort of limiting Max and and getting him cherry ripe at the end of the year, which I thought they did a much better job of this year versus last year. Um, but we are in Australia, tall poppy syndrome. We want to knock them down as soon as we can, and oh, you're not getting enough out of it. You should have won two by now. Like, how have you not done it? Two years ago, they were the premiers. Like, we're not talking – this isn't dogs of 2016. Like, oh, yeah, yep. Well, that, that was my next like, question. Oh, are, are they in that mould? Are they uh, dogs of 2016? Was 2021 flukish? Or is it more that maybe it's the Hawthorne of 08? They just won one early and they're, they're building to something in the future. Where did you well, sit with that? I'd say they're the Melbourne of 2021, Tom. I wouldn't wouldn't be comparing them exactly like that. Um, but the dogs, the dogs are probably pretty different. They've outside of 2021, they haven't won a final. So they won the granny in 2016. They've only won finals in 2021, which was to get them back in the grand final. And obviously they lost it. Um, 
they are in danger. I think they just lightning in a bottle a little bit um, in that 20, 2016 flag. Um, and you could, well, not just you could, people are saying they're not getting enough out of that list and they're saying they should be top four finishers and playing off in prelims. They're not saying they should be winning the flag. It's not that's that level. Um, but because the Ds are finishing top four and they are, sorry, they did get through to a prelim, what was it, 2019? 18, um, 2018. 2018, and obviously missed out and did okay, and then grand finalists, and they've now Melbourne lost their last four finals. Um, it's all doom and gloom, but I they've got some things to work on, but I, I just think the uh, this whole they're leaving them out on the table like it's just so easy to suddenly walk in and win one. It, it's just I, I think it's absurd. Absurd. Well, we usually either sway each other or we uh, are on the same page, but we might ag- agree to disagree on this one. Uh, good, good, strong debate there. But look, the point is Carlton's in a prelim, first time since 2000. I mean, the scenes were unbelievable, 96,000. That That is enormous. I mean... I mean, depending on what Collingwood do, it could be the biggest crowd of the year. Uh, we have had games where the finals before have actually had bigger crowds than the granny, EG07. Um, look, and they're doing it with, yeah, with those lesser lights. I mean, as a, to bring the Saints into it, so we've got to give them a flavour there. Blake Aker's doing things that, look, I thought he was a good player and he was thrown in as steak knives for us to get Brad Hill, but... Carlton's just found a role for him. I mean, he, he wasn't, I mean, Freo sort of uncovered it slightly, but they really have found a, a role for him as a defensive runner, just going end to end. And he's playing with one arm and doing a brilliant job of it. And, you know, I potted Boydering in the last month, but I mean, he he stood up with some big contests, even though he looked a bit groggy on his feet there for a stretch. But uh, yeah, I can't believe the turnaround, but look, We'll get to the, the game preview. They've got a monstrous challenge coming up. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll, speaking of 2016, I mean, where do you have this Blues run? Is it your classic win a couple of finals? And I mean, is it like Melbourne actually in 2018 where they won a couple of awesome finals at the G, then went into state and got absolutely pantsed? Or are we looking at a dog's 2016? Uh, I think it's more likely Brisbane win than not. Um I think Carton will get themselves right in there and be up for the fight, though. So I don't see a blowout, but I just think Brisbane will be well rested and 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 it was a tough hit. It's a couple of tough hitouts for the Blues, um, particularly tough this weekend. And as much as like I, I, I I'm in the camp of wanting to see a Carton Collingwood Grand Final and see the world melt down. Um, well, that's massive from Mr. AFL himself. You want to see the two big Vic teams go at it? Yeah, I I either want that or I want a Giants-Brisbane oh, fi- grand final. Those are the two. I don't want to see <laughs> one of those big clubs against one of the, the interstaters. Um, if, if you get a Carlton calling a grand final, there's no home ground advantage. Yeah, that's if you, true. If you get Look, a Brisbane I, Giants, I there's no home ground too. advantage. If you get a Collingwood... Brisbane, Collingwood have a home ground advantage. Premiership doesn't count, does it? That's how it works, isn't it, Tom? There's an asterisk. Let's, 
don't worry, I can find an asterisk on every flag that over the last 20 years said, do not worry about that. But yeah, but it, look, I'm in that camp too. Yeah. What's that? 96? No, asterisk. Gold there. cup doesn't count. It doesn't count. Gold cup, you, you reckon? <laughs> we play for the silverware. Anyway, we're getting off topic there. But uh, what, what did you make of the Saturday night game? Uh, the, the Giants. I mean, the, this was a... Did you tip them? I can't remember. Yeah. I think you did. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's the easiest, <laughs> easiest tip in the world, that. Um, what I would like to know, Tom, why Port Adelaide at the start of the year said, we're going to wait till August to talk to Ken. Because once they did that, if things were going well, they had to re-sign him. But it was no guarantee of winning a final. And here we are. If things were not going well, they could have sacked him, but they could have done that anyway. So they now have signed up Kenny for years. I think it's 11 and 12. It could be 12 and 13. Um, I think 12 and 13 because I think uh, I saw a stat there hasn't been a coach that's coached 11 seasons without making a granny. I think that's just the stat that I saw. That that sounds about right, Tom. I, I, um, yeah, it, it, it's – yep, it's, it's year 11. 143 yeah. wins, 93 losses, 236 total. How, how, like, how, how do you sell this? Like, what, like, I, I just. Uh, well, I mean, they went into the final, not with a poor attitude, but they took injured players in. That they took injured and underdone players in. That's a fact. Trent McKenzie was not right. Uh, Charlie Dixon, he he's missed games. Scotty Lysette, he wasn't right. Um. They just look that that it you can't be off at any percentage, but they just look that one two percent off. I mean, look, first quarter they were lively. They were playing. I mean, I actually thought that the Giants were just a bit nervous, and they were playing a bit nervy. They weren't as clean, but once they flicked that gear, Port just couldn't go with them. Uh, and yeah, it, it started in the midfield. It was the clearance numbers, and we love this young mid, but they just got handed it to them on uh, on Saturday. So. You sort of throw in the momentum the Giants got from there, and look, the power grounded out, and they stayed sort of within the game. But then, you know, they're, they're guilty of not taking their chances as well. What did they finish with on the night? Like nine goals, sixteen, I think. Uh, yeah, nine goals, sixteen. So after they'd started the match at what uh, four four goals, one. So what's that? Five goals, fifteen from then on, from quarter time on. You know, you're not going to win too many games like that. So they just found wanting. Um, and yeah, probably took this one a bit lightly. Just yeah, just shades of that. Uh, was it yeah, twenty twenty one, going back into the past a lot this week. Uh, you know where they just were stunned by the dogs. It had shades of that. Yeah, I I thought they were well beaten all night. Like Willie Real has kicked three goals. Two were from very questionable free kicks. Yeah, true. Um, they just, I I. I... I bought into the hype when they won 13 in a row. I thought, you got to be damn good to be doing this. And I said, yep, no, nah, they're, they're going to go all right. This was the team we thought the power were earlier in the year at the start of that winning streak. But then as they kept winning and winning and winning, we sort of started, we believed. And then they lost a few and it was like, yeah, well, that, that can happen. They're not going to win every game. They're still going to be top four. And then the two finals happened and they just weren't. Close though, it was like they finished seventh, right? They were just the team that it was like they were the team coming in, having won the week before and just 
were not up to this level. Like they, uh, well, it raises. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Well, should we? I'm just interested in it, so let's just do it. Let's just jump into this uh, this 13 game win streak. So they they had the famous game. They beat Sydney by two. Looks a scalp now. Was okay at the time. They've beaten the Dogs. That's okay. Beat West Coast. Expect that. Beat the Saints over here. That was pretty good. They've snuck by the mm. Bombers. They've beaten the Ruse. Look, the D's at home. That 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 was a scalp. I'll give them that. Uh, they've beaten Richmond. That's all right. Smashed Hawthorne. You you think that? Beaten the Dogs again. Uh, they beat the Cats, which not as valuable as it's been in the past, given the Cats had their worst season ever. Uh, they've snuck by the Dons again with a kick after the siren. They've beaten up the Suns and then they've ran into the Blues. So, I mean, they've got the Ds at home, but there's not a huge amount of scalps in that win. Am I, I mean, I'm picking a part of 13-game win streak. I'd kill for that kind of amount of wins. But you look at that with the beauty of hindsight, um, it's okay. Yeah, well, the, the the form ladder of your last five games before finals sort of really stacks up in this instance. Um, you've got uh, beating Richmond. Leaving just stars at home. You know, beating, Ray Walton Koch didn't play. Yeah, beating Freo. Belting the Giants is probably a good win, but then losing to Geelong, who weren't firing at the time, losing to Adelaide, losing to Collingwood. Like, Smash by Carlton. Average run in, and they played like an average team. Um, and I mean, they're like, I still look at him and, and always love the way I'll use a footy term the way he goes about it, which sort of means nothing. Um, but Ollie Wines, not he wasn't just a Brownlee medalist, he has the all time equal with Dusty most votes in the 3 2 1 era in a Brownlow medal. Yeah, that's a yeah, he's had 16 touches, five kicks, 11 hand passes in this game. Like what's like was that that season was just one out of the box. Connor yeah, Rosie, yeah, well, the one we're talking about going past Sam Walsh, has seventeen touches, one behind. Um, one of the guys who was off for them, Sam Powell Pepper, who's been a barometer, three behinds. Normally he gets a couple and gets them going. He had um, some good looks. Todd Marshall looks like he'll fall over his own shadow. Um <laughs> I was seriously, if I'd hear that again this week. That that's that might get a run each September. I'd be offloading him. He has not the sort of key four that you win you win finals with, and it's it, clear geez. watching him play that that's that's so not like a fact, not a candidate for the D's then. No, no, Simon wouldn't like that. He's no, you got to be you got to be hard and put your head over the ball when it's your turn to go. Like yeah, like he's a big fella. Like you don't have, you don't have to be the. I'm not saying he's got to be in and on the midfielder, but when he's got his chance to put his head over it and pick it up, you got to do it. Like he's not, nah, I yeah, no, nah, not for me. He's not for me. Um, Dixon, I don't know. I, I do not understand the logic of bringing him in. Um, Scotty Lysette, he'll probably pick up a contract at North or something like that. Um, how Finn Lace your leading goal kick is the sub beyond me. Um, you've got Darcy Byrne Jones, previously all Australian down back or in the squad now playing Wait, as a tagging he, forward. Yeah, had it all over season to be honest. He, didn't really stamp it. Well, yeah, he played a new role. Did okay. Not all Australian levels. And they won't retire Travis Boke. It's time. Well, the word is that Bokey wants to go on, but the power don't want him to go on. So there's a little bit of toing and froing there. Uh, you know, he 
might find his way to the Rouge Seven, some sort of captain, coachy kind of role, maybe. Captain, um, captain, coachy, I reckon. Maybe not captain, All coach, right. but gloves bit of senior off, leadership. The gloves are off. No, no. Uh, but anyway, I was stunned actually speaking of all this though, because, you know, I, I caught uh, access all areas and, and Louis, you know, does his end of year predictions about teams. What do the power need? Oh, they need a gutsy inside mid. You've got a Brownlow medalist. So I, I am stunned by the form of, of um, Ollie Wines and, and how it's just tapered. But yeah, they seem. He, he must be unfit because of you take the two subs out. He had the second lowest time on ground out of everyone. Scott Lysett, 43%, who was subbed out. Ollie Wine, 61%. Like, there's something not right. But, yeah, look, they don't tend to put it out during the year. We'll probably hear something in the off-season about that, you would think. Yeah. But let's let's um, let's flip this, Tom. Let's go positive. Yeah. Um, Stephen Cornelio's best game, well, Possibly ever, but yeah, I think as ever. long as I can remember. Um, Tom Green, magnificent. Lockie Whitfield just runs all day, always has, but he's starting to get more and more recognition for it. Um, Josh Kelly, dobbed a nice goal. He is a handy player to be your sort of third or fourth best mid. Um, and you've got Toby Green, who everyone's sort of... So it's like everyone in the Melbourne media wants to make sure they get an interview with him. That you would not hear a bad word said about Toby right now, except oh, it, yeah. all his career has been a thug, a sniper, a cheap shot artist. Every time something's gone wrong, everyone wants to hammer him. But right now, he's the story, and the narrative is he's a good bloke. Well, whoever's the media manager at the Giants has done an amazing job. Yeah, I'm with you flipping that one because they couldn't want to. They wanted to hunt him for years, and anything he did. They were onto it. Um, maybe a year out of the limelight, which is easy to do at the Giants, and and he's flipped his rep. And I think maybe the captaincy has created some sort of shield that that puts him on another level. But you've got to love his form. I mean, if he isn't, you know, snagging goals, which he which he is, he's taking the best defender and making teams worried. So you you love the form there. My favourite story though, said Big Jesse Hogan. That that is unbelievable. I said it before. He kicked four four, but he 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 could have kicked eight or at least six, he absolutely tore this game apart and was a huge factor. And it was just awesome to see, like you mentioned the issues he's had just to get up to Sydney, maybe be a little bit more anonymous up there and just, just concentrate on your footy and just enjoy it a bit more. He, he seems reinvigorated. So you love seeing that, um, you know, Riccardi, who I mentioned last week, I mean, he, he missed the easy ones, but he kicked one from the boundary in that last quarter, which was important. Brett Daniels is a small forward. He's up and about. Uh, Toby Bedford, who I thought, oh, it's interesting seeing a player nominate the Giants and go there. Usually it's players walking out the door. He wanted in and uh, he, he was lively. I liked uh, his run and Buckley down back and Ash. Uh, they got, yeah, these aren't names that are sort of hugely known in the comp, but they're just getting the job done. This is, I mean, we've heard it a million times, but it, it's the team. They're, uh, what is it? Team of champions or a champion team. They're looking like the uh, champion team at the moment, which you're loving. They're just playing good good to watch footy. Do you buy into the overhyped area that they have no weakness? I've heard that getting sputtered around. Yeah, that's a dangerous one, that one, because you're only – I mean, they lose this week and all of a sudden we'll, we'll rip into them for something. I mean, if they, if they have no weakness, they would have finished top of the ladder undefeated. Do you know what I mean? Like – 
yeah, there's definitely ways to go. I mean, I don't want, I don't feel bad bringing up weaknesses on, on a week where they're in a prelim, but I mean, they've, they've been up for a long time uh, and, you know, they played in front of a couple of, you know, one-sided crowds, but Collingwood in a prelim is another step. And look, I know they won it in 2019. It was a different game back then. It was a wet weather game that sort of fed into them, but it, it's not going to be an easy challenge to handle that after all the footy and all that run they've got in the legs. But I mean, if anyone can do it, they can. Um, well, Collingwood have never beaten a Sydney-based side in a prelim, Tom. <laughs> if you weren't going to go with that one, I was. I saw that and enjoyed it. They've lost to what Swans twice and the Giants, so the zero and three. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't think you can say any team has no weakness because, yeah, I mean, when you're winning, it looks like everything's fantastic. But I guarantee you, they lose this one, and it'll be like they lack this, they lack that. Um, you know, I mean, ruck depth. Big Briggsy, if he isn't a hundred percent, that could be a little bit of a worry. Yeah, and he looked a bit stiff, a little bit sore coming on with that shoulder late, but he kept going, kept fighting. So a um, couple of jabs, he'll be right. He'll be right. Yeah, um, it's one of those September injuries, isn't it? Like end of the year, probably going for surgery for it, but they just get it up week to week at this point of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not buying into this no weakness stuff. They've got a huge, huge challenge ahead of them. Um, it's a question of what Collingwood do we see? Do we see the best side in the comp, Collingwood? Do we see the side that just got over the line against Melbourne um, with some sort of record inside 50s against? Do we get a completely different side and a completely different game? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Collingwood have got the Dacos brothers back. I'm pretty sure Josh is in as well as Nick. Um, Josh may have played, apparently. In that qualifying final, I don't know. I didn't see yeah, him. I, I did. I barely. I don't. I don't remember him. That's what that one stated for the record. Um, but everyone talks about how Melbourne were going to beat Collingwood in that qualifying final. They were in a better form. They decided to do it, and they lost. Are we going into the same trap? Because a lot of people, are, I mentioned, a lot of people saying the Giants have no weakness, and now I'm starting to hear the Giants are going to win. Um, they're the biggest challenge for Collingwood right now. Are we sort of starting to fall into a little bit of a trap? Because they couldn't fly back. This was a night game, not a twilight game. Couldn't fly back, have a six-day break to their prelim on the Friday night, and they've got to come to Melbourne, the MCG, where they'll they'd be slightly outnumbered in the fans, sort of, you know, 50, 95 fans to one, I think would be the number. It'll be something like that. We've got to talk about that, though. That is, It's just from the AFL that the Giants are come, coming off a six-day for this. Like, you you put in which teams do what without, you know, throughout September and you can get a real rough guide to, you know, you could do the predictive ladder and do your steps and work out who's playing who. Like, you know, the, the final eight has two sides and you can work out one side will end up being the Friday night, one, one side will be the Saturday and, and you do it. But they've... But they, you know, and they've done that in the past, but they've crossed this one over, I guess, to advantage the top team that I put in quotation marks. But it's it is not it's as not, pro pies as I've ever seen. But it's not to advantage a top team. It's it's to get the most ratings on that first Friday. So they played Carlton Sydney on the Friday night instead of the yeah. Giants Saints. Obviously that rated better in, in so many ways, and we get that. But that always meant that um, the 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 two games on that Saturday were then going to be played the following Saturday. 
and that then led us to a situation of, well, if they play on the Saturday and Collingwood by right are finishing first, although Melbourne will get the right even though they finish lower than Brisbane, um, they're going to play in that first prelim being the Friday night, meaning those two games on the Saturday, they were always going to play the next Saturday and then therefore they were going to get a short break into it. it look, it could have been avoided, but it's about the money and we just have to accept it and not worry about that sort of stuff. Like if the Giants are good enough, they'll beat them and then they'll get more rest than the Brisbane Lions or Carlton, who, both of whom who finished higher than them. Yeah, they both did. So, yeah, it, it, it I mean, you can't please everyone unless you can't they're please both everyone, playing but on a Saturday. It, I mean, it, this probably would have been more of a headline if the power had gotten through because they were they would have been, you know, they copped the Saturday night final into heading back to Adelaide and then they've copped a six-day break if they were to make it through, you know. that It should have just paper. been a Saturday Arvo game, shouldn't it? So at least the Giants could get home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was... It's bizarre. These are common sense decisions that aren't getting made. Uh, we we always don't adjust to that. I feel Seb because we always think we we think the AFL can do better and think that they'll turn the corner somehow, but they never do. Uh well, we know they can do better, but here we are. Um, they're two pretty good prelims, though. No, oh, you you you'd absolutely. Oh, I can't wait to watch both of them. Uh. Friday night. I mean that that is massive. I'm with you. It's what pie side do we get? Um, you know they weren't impressive in. I mean they had a win, got the points, got the W and move on. You'd like that, but they they won't be able to dish up what they did in that first final against the Giants. Um, I mean my query on the Giants is, yeah, how long have they been up? Uh, is this a bridge too far? I mean we do get swept up in winning teams and. There's not a whole lot of examples of teams that have, you know, I mean, it's basically the dogs in 2016 that have been able to stay up and and keep winning and and make a granny winning three finals in a row. Maybe the dogs actually in 2021 did it as well. So outside of the Giants did it in 2019 too. So they've got form in this area. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. So you give me that one. But I mean, we're talking three examples in what there's been a top eight since 94. So pushing 30 years. So it is incredibly rare. Uh, So that's my worry is that, you know, a rampant Collingwood army at the G and, you know, you go sort of down and out and, you know, that that loss looms. that's the worry, but I mean, this team has shown that they can win anywhere, and they're they're well drilled, and they're mature, and and they they just they're not thinking of those things. They're just playing the game as it comes to them. I mean, this was two weeks where they've been headed by the home team with a big advantage, and they've held strong, and then weathered the storm, and then just bounced back and kicked the goals that they needed. So yeah, they're, they're showing maturity that we haven't seen probably from them as a club. Um, if they can, yeah, test Collingwood's backline, you know, which, yeah, you said they got flooded. Uh, and the fact that the Dacos brothers will be underdone, particularly Nick having not played, I mean, is that a worry for you, Seb? Uh, it's not. I mean, there was talk of him coming back for the semi final, should they have played in it. So he's had the extra week. You would not think it's going to hamper him. Um, but you'd also be instructing whoever plays on him to come out and find out just how good things are going. Like you'd bump him. him know. Yeah. And I know I know he's he's this could be seen as a real negative comment, but he is able to get out of the way of just about any contact possible. Um 
And sometimes it looks like he's a little bit scared and soft, but in reality, it's not his go. He goes outside, get the run, move it on. He'll be able to avoid it, but if I'm the Giants, I'm making sure he knows we're here. Like, just clean him up before the ball's bounced. There's no oh, rule good. that says you can't do it from memory. Jeez, it might might be a bit scary for whoever does that uh, on grand final week. I mean, do the Giants have that mongrel in them? They don't, and I mean, they probably shouldn't do it before the ball's bounced. But first contest, first chance, you don't line him up. You just, when you tackle him, you make sure you fall into the knee. Like, there's so many different ways you can do it to test out whether he's injured or not, right? I'm yeah. not saying try and re-injure him. I'm just saying yeah. you test him out and put him under pressure because the kid's 20. You don't get this in under 18s. Like, we're now playing with men, and he's the best player in the comp. Everyone tells me he's going to win the brown, though. He may well do it, but that's not stop. Giants don't care whether he's going to win the Brownlow or how good he is. He's in. He may be a little bit hurt. He may be underdone. You make sure he knows you're there. Exactly. So yeah, they'll have to do that because I mean he he is on the outside, but that I think it's the inside. We saw the clearance game against the power. That is the Giants' strength. So like we we love their running, but it does start on the inside. So. I mean, I guess he's not a huge factor in there. So that, that might be a spot that they can get them. Um, yeah, just big Briggsy. He's got to come up. I'm worried for the Giants if if he is proppy or not 100% because, I mean, yeah, that, that's what they're basing it on. Win the clearance, win the contest. Geez, they've got some good runners on the outside. But if they can't get that first look, it is going to be tricky. I mean, he might they might get away with it given what the Pies might roll with big Mason and... Darcy Cameron in the ruck. I mean, that's an opportunity. But, I mean, it's held up for the Pies all year. Um, the other factor I'm thinking, Seb, is if this is a shootout, do the Pies have the options to... to I mean, we've seen them kick good scores against bad teams, but, you know, if, if this one's pushing the pushing the ton, do the, the Pies have it in them? Well, I, I mean, I question the, the Ford setup. You've got, you've got Dan McStay, you've got Brody Meyercheck. Um, I mean, Ash Johnson's the other one who's played up forward as a key position, and then Big Mason. Like, they're not, they're not stars. Like, they're not. None of them are. Ter- I was going to say none of them are Terra Final Apart style, but Mason Cox did it once. We're going to hold on to maybe he can do it again, but probably won't. And then it's a question of like the Giants have got. Um, Sam Taylor and Himmelberg, who should be able to do the job on whoever they're playing on. That's not the problem. The problem is Collingwood's run and belief. And, and you know, if you watch it, they cheat. They just run ahead of the ball and, and try and get kicks out the back. Not out the back, but they run into space, believing their teammate's going to win, win the contest and win the footy. The Giants were doing the same thing against the Power and a little bit against the Saints. Both teams can't win the contest, so we could see a lot of easy goals out the back and out the side and, and switching and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's it's a fascinating watch. I I think Collingwood can go with them because I've got small. I've got lots of avenues to goal and lots of runners and, and things like that. I mean, you've got the Giants probably got goal kickers who kick more bags, like Toby Green, Hogan. I'm just Toby Green two point eight goals a game, Hogan two point two. You got Meyer check on two, then Riccardi on one point seven, Jamie Elliott one point seven, McStay one point four, 
Ash Johnson, 1.4, probably won't play. Brent Daniels is 1.4. Bobby Hill, 1.3. Ginevan averages a goal a game. Callum M. Brown for the Giants averages a goal a game. And now you're into less than a goal a game, and it's Dacos and Mason. Look, they're 0.9 goals a game. Like They're very close. Um, to be honest, Dugowie's the, the one you got to stop for me. He's... The yeah, you've been big on the that clearance, all year. The clearance guy, I think he may stop. He may be the thing that stands between Dacos and a Brownlow. Um, but if he's best on the pies, win. He's electric. He gets bursts out of stoppages and and can really change the game. Um, yeah, he he's the one. The focus will be on Nick Dacos, and it's been really good because to go, he's gone a little bit under the radar. Um, but I. I'm I'm tipping the pies in this one, Tom, for what it's worth. Although, can see a world where the Giants, the orange team, is a big, big sound. I I can see a world where they win. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think it's probably more my um, heart than my head when I'm tipping the Giants, just because I, I you just don't want to see the pies win this one. But they've got all the pieces that they have primed themselves for this time of the year. I mean. Yeah, they just find a way to stay in games and they find a way to get that extra percent out of their role players. So they just, that that depth, that's deep and they're just always in a game. So, uh, you know, they, they might not blow them away and they might give the Giants a sniff, but I just think they'll have enough just to get the job done. And the home ground advantage is monstrous. So, yeah, I sneak the pies, but I mean, yeah, the Giants match up well. You look at the head-to-heads and you don't, you don't mind what you see, so it wouldn't be surprising. So we're having it a bit each way there, but I'm with you on the pies. Beautiful. Uh, there'll be another prelim. It won't get talked about as much just because everyone's going to focus on the, the Collingwood lead-up. Um, am my boys, Hipwood and Danaher, are they going to have another big game and, and get the Lions over the line, or is it is it danger time? Well, yeah, I mean, you can only go off what you see in the past and, you know, the logic you get there. But, yeah, I mean, there's usually, I mean, you can pull up the stats and you, these, this is probably not 100%, but you, there's usually a close one and there's usually a blowout. Or we have seen also teams in the past that have just come out cold uh, from the week off. So uh, the lines are, are an issue there for, for that fact. And and you mentioned Danaher and, and Hipwood. Uh at home, you back them in. But, I mean, the Blues have found a way to just be effective down back. I mean, the season of Brody Camp, he is, he's found a position down there that you wouldn't have thought, and he's nailed it. So, you like his work. Wiedering will do what he does. Um, Should Wiedering be I, playing? Probably not. I mean, I don't. you don't tend to see too many players stumble on their feet and not get subbed out or not. Why was it ticked the- off by the AFL? I don't know. He look. He, he I, I have no idea. I can't answer that one. I mean, did he just was he fortunate uh, in terms of how severe it was, or did he get his way through those independent tests? I don't know. But he but he wasn't tested on the night. Way. I don't understand that. He's done a test well after the game. After everything we've heard and all the hate Port Adelaide, that Port Adelaide doctor copped, I I on baffled yeah, as to how it just it's barely even registered as a story, Tom. No, it hasn't. It is. I mean, I don't know if it's a hush job and they've just swept it under the rug. It does feel like oh, that. I mean, yeah. he did not look good. Brown out there. paper bag, you reckon? 
that's the Carlton way at the moment. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he did look proppy. So it it is weird to see. Um, I mean, yeah, Marchbanks held down a spot. He did look a little, little short of a gallop, I guess, in that game with the with the high finals pace. So you know, there's matchups here that on their day, yeah, they could quell them, but they also could kick bags. So. Don't know if this will be the week for Danaher and uh, Hipwood. Said, I think they might. I might. They might actually get a hold of them a little bit. That's a big concern for the Blues because their confidence players and their confidence is up. And especially if they get one on the board early, uh, it could be real, real dangerous for the Blues. So um, that, that's a big concern. But I'm looking, yeah, looking at the midfields here. I mean, Chera had a good first final quieter on the weekend. I mean, Sammy Walsh has just stamped himself as just that number one pick that we knew and love. That's he, he just, uh, you know, I thought he had a, a really high ceiling, uh, but he was a player that was just going to, I guess, yeah, be an awesome mid that gets you 25, 30 a week. But I mean, he's added goals out of the center now to his repertoire. He, he just looked awesome. So he's a bloke that can do it every week because he prepares so well for games. So he, he's going to go head to head with Lockie Neal, uh, you think I think Josh Dunkley might have got him last time that they played in a bit of a tagging role. I think Brisbane will have a look at that. But uh, I mean, we spoke about the inside game. This is inside Bulls meeting here. Big Paddy Cripps as well. Uh, McCluggage, uh, Jared Lyons. He's been out, but he he might uh, venture his way back in for this one. Um, and the Blues have got. Something out of Pitney and Deconing, which you wouldn't have picked. They were so good against Max in terms of just quelling his influence. So, I mean, Big O goes all right for the Lions, but he'll have a busy night. Yeah, they they did they did a really good job on Max. I thought this time of year they let them play and they got away with chopping and holding and pushing and scragging and doing everything known to man on Max and. Nobody stood up and stopped them, so they just kept doing it. And and Max wasn't poor, but he wasn't it wasn't up to his lofty standards. Um, I mean, could he kick goals to change that narrative pretty quickly? Um, but it's a different kettle of fish going up against uh, the big O, Oscar McInerney. Um, they, I, I, I think one of the things we don't think about when it comes to the Coning and Pitney is Pitney's a bull, and just. He's big. He runs at him. He'll hit it out. He'll get six touches. He won't do much else. Deconing will try and jump over you and tap it. And could take a mark, kick a goal. He's nimble. He's athletic. He can. He's agile. So you don't. And for someone like Max who likes to ruck ninety eight percent of the game, he doesn't get into a comfortable flow. And all right, this is what the other ruckman's doing. And then when they swap out. I get the part timer who's just a big body, and he comes in and does this. Like it's completely different. Um, strategy. So you've got to think, all right, Pitney's coming in, he's going to run up and body me, I've got to do this, and now Deconi's going to try and jump over me, I've got to do this, and I'm tired because I'm going up against both of them. Like, I think it's an underrated thing, that the change-up, um, and, and not just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and letting someone as good as like a Max Gorn find a rhythm and get used to what you're doing. Um, so I think that's a, been a, a lesser talked-about point from, from the Carlton Rucks. Yeah, exactly. So, and they've they've got them primed actually at the right time of the year because you know Deconing for some reason struggled to get into the side at different points, and now he's nailed it. Pitney's had injury troubles, but he's had a good run out of it. So, 
yeah, you, you're loving what you're seeing there. Um, big worry I've got is the home ground advantage. So, you know, we, I mentioned it before, 2018, sorry, D's fans, but if if Brizzy kicked the first two or three, I've got real worries for Carlton there because it's just that wave of momentum and it's just, you know, the the season coming to an end, that that impending, if it, it, the scoreboard pressure is on Carlton, it's going to really, really hurt them. They're, I mean, they've held up firm in these finals and won some close games, but I mean, we, we haven't exactly seen them five goals down uh, at any stage. I know maybe the D's got out to three, but that was the first quarter. So, I mean, yeah, that that's going to be massive for the Blues and the maturity that we've patted them on the back for all year will be tested on that front. So, the good start is massive. Uh, and you you look, would you have worries as well, Seb? I mean, if they have to come back at three-quarter time, given they've played two cutthroat finals? Uh, two to three goals, I think we're okay. But anything more than that, I think they'll struggle with. Having said that, the 6-6-6 rule makes it very, very interesting. Like, as soon as you get a goal, it's reset. There's no extra player. Uh, if you can win the clearance quickly, suddenly it's just a sort of chaos ball no matter how it goes in. So there's certainly more room for it, but yeah, you'd, you'd think Brisbane have got the class and, and Carlton are going to need to kick 13, 14 goals to win this. Like it's not, they're not going to be able to do it kicking 10 or 11. Well, yeah, you, you mentioned that off the top. So they've won a couple of finals with sort of Harry and Charlie, not exactly troubling the scorers often. I mean, they, but they won't be able to do that for a third week in a row. What do you need from those two? Four minimum? Yeah, you'd if think you'd get want to get to that four 14? or five total. Yeah. Um, but uh, they've got them in them. And, and I mean, they're, they've won three Coleman's between them. They're champion. They're effectively, they're going to go down as champion footballers. Um, they, you, you don't just keep them down for all these weeks through the finals. Um, Charlie will much rather running around having Harry there because um, if they both lead, one leads left, one leads right, where does Harris Andrews go? He's got to make a choice and suddenly that gives the other one a fair chance at marking it or bringing it down to ground in a favourable spot. So that's it's a big in. Anyone who thinks they may not just bring him straight in is absolutely kidding themselves. Oh, no, that that's happening for sure. I think, yeah, <laughs> Keen on that as as soon as they could do it. I mean, are you worried about the uh, the Brisbane defence? You mentioned Harris Andrews, and uh, they've got Starcevich as another one. Uh, Jack Payne, um, not 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 a whole lot of key position height, so that is a spot the Blues I think can get them. I mean, it, I wish it was as simple as left and right for Charlie and Harry. It seems to be more one deep, one pushing up. Um, I mean, Charlie has done a lot of pushing up, but you'd, you'd want him deeper if. If I was coaching Carlton, um, get Harry some ball up 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 the ground where he can sort of have it a bit more relaxed in terms of where he's going to kick it next rather than at the goals. Um, I mean, it's just so funny the X factors with Harry and Joey uh, Danaher are out there. Like we we could see bags or we could see Hall of Shame performances here. That's that's the swing that you get with both of them. So. I'd love to see them both up and about on the night, but I don't know if we'll see it from both. Yeah, it, it may just come down to which forward pairing kicks the most goals. That might just be the key in the end. Um, or, you know, Charlie versus, uh, who would you say, Carlton's lively 40s. You know, it, it, it's going to come down to whoever can just have that purple patch and kick three or four 
in a quarter well, that might you, swing you, it. You've stumbled into one there because I guess you know yeah, Brisbane has Charlie Cameron who, who you, you'd think would bob up at some stage, and I mean the Zork doesn't mind a goal. Their midfielders kick goals just like Carlton's do, but. I mean, Carlton have gotten goals out of OEs and Motlop, and I'll throw Acres into that. I mean, can they get that again? Those sort of lesser lights bobbing up, because I mean, the the key forwards are going to have to kick goals, but we're talking they need thirteen, fourteen, so they're going to have to get goals elsewhere. The midfield needs to be on. I mean, there's a lot of things we're mentioning here that need to go right. Yeah, that's true. I think they've done it, and they've got the belief that they're going to be able to find avenues to goal like that. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm Michael Voss and and he probably, I, I suspect he might think a similar way. You, you're just replaying the footage of Blake Acres over and over. Like you show the clip of him holding his shoulder and just doing whatever he could to stay in the contest at, at that point late in the game. And then suddenly he's taking an overhead mark and kicking the winner. Like it just, it goes to show it's, it's more so about how much you want it versus how good you are at football at this point of the year. Um, so I, I think they've got it in them. It just it, it's just a tough ask. No one's won at the Gabba this year, like no one, no one at all. Yeah, We're not that's something that actually even the Brizzy teams of the three peat weren't able to do. So it's 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 fair ground, but geez, you'd have confidence. It, this would be, yeah, I'd, I'd it'd be full shades of 2016 if they won this because this is you know, we probably didn't give uh, I know we've mentioned this game a lot, it just looms on this game, it has that feel. Uh, you know, when the dogs beat the Giants at home, they just stayed in the contest and, you know, got themselves in a position at three-quarter time to be in the game. That's all the Blues have to do, just just weather that storm early, be in the game at quarter time and just, just keep plugging away. It sounds simple, but that's just how they've got to play it. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and sometimes it's just sort of, oh, they're such big finals. Luke Hodge was saying tonight he... Used to get more nervous for prelim final weekend than grand final weekend because prelim final you, you got to get everything going right to win that to get the grand final. Whereas a grand final, it it's on. It's party time. Everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's excited. Whether you win or lose, that is the last game. So you're gonna lay it all out there. Versus the prelim, you're still gonna you still lay it all out there, obviously. But you're not. There's there's a go home factor, and you got to watch the other team go on and play the following week. So. It it's going to be a big build up. Um, the I most find it actually interesting that Hodgie said that because uh, you, know, you and I went to a few of those Hawks prelims. They did traditionally struggle to get through a prelim. I think they had three in a row under a kick. Well, and he also said he felt better if they won a close one because you just win a close one. You're like, oh, geez, we just got it. We're lucky. All right. We're going to have to really dig in to win this grand final versus if you have a nice, easy week in the prelim. You're like, oh, how good is this? We're 10 goals better than the other side who we played. This this is our premiership to win. We're not going to lose this. So you, you say that and someone immediately pointed out Geelong absolutely pantsed Brisbane last year and then went on to pants Sydney. So um, it ultimately doesn't matter because these are the best sides and they should just be able to get their focus right. And if they win by 12 goals this week, they should be able to get their focus right next week. But it's a funny game, football, Tom. Oh yeah, I mean, of all the seasons, uh, this one will have a sting in the tail. You would, you would think. I mean, it it would have to be on brand. I mean, we've seen, yeah, like you said, teams coming from fourteenth and fifteenth and huge winning streaks, and teams losing one week when they should. 
winning in weeks they shouldn't. It, it's had everything. So, you know, if we we're going to get the year that there's prelim slips or prelim headlines, this is it. And I'm pumped for it. Absolutely. Uh, so, quick tips. I think you sort of said it. You are the Giants and the Blues. You said that. Uh, no, I'm going to go Pies and Lions uh, for this one. Oh, you're going to play it safe. You, can you? I think <laughs> yeah, there's you know an me, upset. I like a short line. Yeah, I think I... there's an upset. So Giants, Lions, Giants, Lions. For, that would be one for for the exposure of the game. That the Northern State version you're going for. I know you want the Collingwood Carlton. Most of us do. I'm one of them. But I'm with you. If if you can't have that, you'd go that one, wouldn't you? Giants, Lions. No doubt. No doubt. You'd, you'd want to see them tee off I mean that just exciting footy um, but that's it Tom that's it we're, we're here with prelim final week, weekend uh, Brownlow medal winner please well there's a good question uh, it's hard to go past Nick Bacos I don't want to say it but I think he'll have enough in the bag to get the job done uh, and he wins from the form in second yeah I'm, I'm still going Petrarca everyone's going to pot him all week and then he's going to get all these votes and Tagoe will get enough off Dacos and uh, and Petrarca wins it. There you go. Well, geez, this is the best time of the year. Prelims, brown lows, into granny week. We will be there to cover it all and I, I can't wait. Yeah, and cue that music, Tom. Well, there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty giants. You feel the ground is shaking. The other teams are 